When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Monday edition of the program. Merely Bo, the great Gibbe here. How you doing, buddy? Oh, you know, buddy, it's, uh, it is officially draft week. And it might be boring and uneventful to some. However, it is not for us, given the fact that uh, uh, we still have, like, 15 hours worth of draft <laughs> shows this week on the uh, University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. We have um, – this was and has been for – the better part of you know two decades um this has been a draft town it's been a draft town in the nfl it's been a draft town in the nba um we pay very close attention to those lotteries the cavaliers benefited very greatly as big as you can benefit from those lotteries um but even with us and it's a byproduct of the lack of success of a of a fifth you know for the better part since the organization came back um the super bowl was the draft it's been that way um and anybody you talk to around town, um, the, and I think at times maybe we overvalue first-round picks because it's something that means so much. So we make it – we almost there's this belief that they're, they mean more than they do because it is the Super Bowl, and so you want to the, hit on them. Um, and so now we've had a couple of times in the last – well, after 2018 we didn't have one with Odell Beckham Jr. We didn't have one last year, and we don't have one this year from a first-round pick standpoint – and I don't know if the town really knows what to do without one. It's kind of a weird spot. I, I can say this, too. This is the first time in a long time there is not a lot of buzz. Even when we didn't have a first-round pick, yeah. there was still a buzz because after the Odell trade, like there was some big expectations, and there was a lot of excitement. Like, was he the final piece? And, uh, you know... It, Right now, I mean, no first-round pick, no second-round pick. Yep. There's 73 players that will be chosen mm-hmm. before you are on the clock as of today, Monday, at 1.03 p.m. Yeah. And I just – I think people are like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, am I, am I going to hang out? Like, <laughs> Do I watch? Do I watch? I mean, you can watch Thursday night. You're going to know the players. Yeah. Friday, I mean, it's our job on the network to kind of familiarize – Really, it's going to be familiarizing once we pick a player. Yeah, that might you not can't until ten thirty or eleven o'clock at night. You know, when we do the when we uh, solicit the mailbag or we take mailbag questions on social, and we we have the fun with that, we'll get a question about you know what should we do at seventy three, and 
Nathan knows this roster better than anybody. The the short answer is, who the hell knows? And so you're in a position where this is a position of strength in that you could field a 53 right now that you feel like is a playoff team in the AFC. Um, if you get lucky and you crush this draft, you could see a starter coming at defensive tackle. That's in play. Um, but that's about it, right? That, I don't know, maybe defensive end sort of-ish. If, if he went nuts, yeah. you know, if somebody really elevated, you know, that's possible. But it's not very likely, I don't think, uh, that that's the case. Um, so in that sense, it's a it's a benefit. But in terms of trying to prognosticate what we're going to do at 73, there's no chance, man, because of what we just said. Even in the even in the other years where we didn't have first-round picks, the Odell year and then last year, there were certain specific needs that needed to be met in those drafts. Um, and so you could kind of circle those position groups. Here you could go – Andrew could Andrew Barry could go in about – a half dozen different ways in the third round. He really could. And it just depends, I think, what the draft falls to. I would also say that I don't even know if they would be – I think they're probably position agnostic. I don't think it really matters. I think they could just take whoever their highest graded player is at 73, just take him. I agree. I, I think it's in play. I, I mean, uh, corner, you know, especially if you can find a slot corner <laughs> in yeah. the third round. Uh, I mean, a tight end. If you if you wanted to bolster that, you could t- you, they could go running back in the third round. Yeah, I mean, you saw Dane's seven round mock. We talked to him last week about it. Yes, it's taking a quarterback at some point on mm-hmm. early on day three. Yeah, I mean, I I think like you said, and they're and they're going through exercises today mm-hmm. uh, in the war room and going yeah. through some things and, and final thoughts and. You know, they're they're playing out some situations. Yeah. Um, I I think it's all right. What happens if this? If anything, you're trying to figure out is there going to be a guy that falls on that's supposed to go early on day two that falls maybe to the mid or late second round that you want to go up and get or even the early third. Yeah, we can be nimble. I mean, you've got eight picks. You're not drafting eight players, so yeah, I I hope not. I just don't see how you could. So you would. You'll either trade into next year's draft, which trade I don't out of this think you have a lot of this. draft picks right now. Four or five picks, I think, for next yeah. year. So then that would make a lot of sense to trade into that draft. The other thing that you could do is you could do what you just said, and that is somebody falls and you go up and get them in the back half of the second round. Um, that's the other kind of path for it is, is that. But it, you really, until you see how the draft falls and – it's it's almost fool's gold and a fool's errand to sit here and try to try to guess where it could go. And all of this should be, by the way, for Browns fans out there, this should be a positive because it tells you that your roster is really good. Um, you don't. It's odd. Like the Cincinnati Bengals, they pick twenty eight. Um, as of right now, Mixon is still on the roster. As of right now, they don't really have a tight end to like. They need to draft a starter at tight yeah. end, or they need to go see what's you know try and convince somebody late in the free agents process they are they need really probably another safety um and they need a corner because they let all those guys walked um now they've recouped some of that but they still need they need to draft people who can come in and play and be impact players be impact players absolutely and there isn't anybody who would argue that we are better off than they are going into next season we're not been the last two AFC championship games are in the Super Bowl two years ago. Um, but 
I do think that we have fewer questions going into the draft than they do. We have fewer things that need to be answered in the draft because we've sorted things out by the time we get there. Um, so that's kind of an idea. And here's the other thing. It's Monday. It's a little after 1 o'clock. Who the heck knows what's going to happen as this week goes along with the quarterbacks, with Rodgers, with Lamar. All of that stuff is still floating around out there too. So you feel like some of that stuff is going to get sorted out in the next couple of days. I mean, I'd like it to. But then there's also a part of me that's like, if that stuff gets sorted out, then what the hell is everybody going to talk about in America? Because <laughs> right now, it's been one of the quietest off-seasons that I can remember. It's been very quiet. It's been, um, well, I mean, just look at look at C.J. Stroud's last week. Like, wh- why did all that happen? You and I have been in this business long enough to know that all of those talking points that came out about the former Buckeye quarterback in the last week, they're all coming from some point of interest. So who? Who benefits from that? So you you had the Brady Quinn story last week, um, where he talked about the um, you know the Matting Academy or whatever, and I reached out to people who I trust who I think would know, and they were unfamiliar with that story entirely. Um, then you had the story over the weekend. I had never even heard of an S. What is it? An SP test? Yeah, I never I, heard is of that it. The, is that replacing the Wonderlick? I have no clue. Did I, it re- I knew that they. I thought that they were going to yeah. replace the Wonderlick. So maybe have, that's it. I have no idea. So. Maybe that's a new wonderlick. Then what I was reading this morning is the and if you aren't weren't paying attention this weekend, God bless you. You're better off for it. Yeah. He was very he had scored very poor on this test, of which nobody even knows what it's about. No one has a point of reference on it. It got leaked out that he scored very poorly. Bryce Young scored very well. Um, so somehow this gets leaked out. Well, it turns out that as I was reading this morning, the number that was leaked out was not his score, but the percentile he was in. Um, is is the way I understood it this morning. So who gets that out there? Who's putting that out there to pull him back? Is it a team that wants him to drop? Is it Indy? I don't know. The Great Rock, fantastic. Um, big week for her. Big week for her. Yep, she'll be sleeping here. Yeah, she's I, she looks great. She's in the cream. She's got a cream hoodie and it looks like a cream shoe as well. So she's, you know how big of the fans we are of that. Um, but that, that's the silly season that we're in right now. Like you all, and I'm speaking to you, the audience, you guys love the draft and football so much that you have to have something to talk about in relationship to it always, even if there isn't anything. And I think that's how the Stroud stuff happened last week um, and how it's continuing to happen. I have no idea what's going to happen to him. I, I saw the betting favorite was Levis going too. Uh, by the time we got to this weekend, the exact most popular exact, it was Young, Levis, one, two. Really? I mean, can I introduce you to Zach Wilson? I mean, what are we doing? Well, and we'll get to Peter King's mock yeah. coming up in segment two, but he, he even says it in his article this morning. A month ago, C.J. Stroud was the odds-on favorite right. to be the first pick in the draft. Today, it's no lock he goes in the tops seven. So what changed? He had a great pro day. He had a great combine. He still played the way he played against Georgia. Yeah. What changed? So that's that's where you're at with this stuff. So it's absolutely bonkers. Um, tough weekend for the Cavs. Oh. Hated to see it. I, I don't know if I have seen a team buckle under the Madison Square Garden pressure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame it on that. Yep. Because I don't know how you cannot be ready to play 
when you are tied at one game apiece. Do you think it was um, – do you think sometimes – I wonder sometimes if it's just – you probably had this when you played. Like there are just some operations that are just bad matchups for you. You know, I, I kind of just feel like that the Knicks were just – and they took three out of four in the regular season. Their physicality, they're really in your face. It's a – it's a they're really – they're like an old school New York team with Tibbs. I mean, that's kind of where they, they are. Length. They're just kind of bullying. Yeah, and they're all they're all tall. They're all yeah. They're physical too. It's not yeah. like we got a couple of tall guys. We don't have guys that physical. If I recall, like was it a month ago? I was trying to think back to this. I was reading things like it was when we played Miami Rancher. Kevin Love went to Miami, mm-hmm. and we're like, that's the one team we don't want to face in the playoffs. We want the Knicks. Yeah. I can remember there being a conversation about wanting to play the Knicks. And after watching the Knicks, I don't know where that would have come from or why you would have <laughs> even had that take. Well, we had, you know, they had difficulty with them all season. So it was, yeah, I think it's like, you know, this, the backdrop too of, you know, Mitchell wanted to go to New York and the Knicks wouldn't put Barrett in the deal as, as I understand it. And, and so that's Good how decision by them. Well, I, it, recently <laughs> yeah he's i mean mitchell's gonna be a first team all nba guy he's transformed the franchise but this stage it's a tough stage and you can see it like they just feel like they're not quite ready for all I that just, comes with it and i don't know why the knicks are ready it, my feeling was like well if you have the best player in the series usually you win well and and i'm pulling up i'm pulling up rosters here because airing of the grievance time if we're going to talk about this right now uh, i mean I don't know what Jared Allen is doing. He yeah. looks lost. And maybe it's just because he's got so much going on trying to battle two or three guys. But he almost looks scared. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? Like, get in there. After the third straight time yesterday of someone driving to the paint on him, can you knock someone down, please? Mm-hmm. I believe I tweeted that. Knock him down. <laughs> At least send a it's message enough. that maybe it's not the wisest decision to come into the paint. Yeah, so I, I tough spot, tough spots. Also, these games have been all over the place from a time standpoint. Yeah. So we played Friday at eight thirty, uh, and then you play Sunday at one, and then you play Wednesday at seven. Is that the way I understand it? Um, the only thing I can think of is that because ESPN is trying and Teen and TNT are both trying to balance both the NHL and NBA, you're getting all these weird start times because I don't recall. Like, usually you're in the 7 o'clock window, you're in the 3.30, you know what I mean? Like, yep. it's usually not 8.30, 1, 7, all over the place. The Lakers series has been all over the place. It's been 3 o'clock last Sunday, 7 o'clock, 10 o'clock. It's been everywhere. So, it's – But it's I, been I'm fun. It's that. How about that? That that lunatic. Was it Brooks? Your boy. Your boy, Dylan Brooks. <clears throat> Come on. Man. Like, And, and then you're going to blame it on the media and the fans? Yeah. For getting thrown out of that game, yeah, he's. There's a long list of those guys, those you know, Kobe stopper, LeBron stopper guys who start to believe their own headlines a little bit and think they're a little more important than they are. And the reality is, it's like the line from Mad Men: "I don't think about you at all." Like the media doesn't think about Dylan Brooks at all. No, none. Like you're, you're trying to make yeah. yourself relevant. Yeah. Did you see LeBron before the game walk right up to him, put him in his place, and then it's thirty-five to nine after the first quarter? Yeah. 
You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. Look, you uh, don't blow I, the mask of the old know Ranger, and, my, my and you don't run with, your mouth on LeBron. With, with LeBron, don't do it. but I, you, you, you woke, you woke him up. You deserve everything you get, and then Absolutely. some for what's coming. Yeah. If you're the Knicks, what do you do with Randall? Like he's been a non-factor, and when he's been in the game, he's almost been a liability outside of that game three. He Luckily for them, it doesn't matter. Yesterday. I mean, th- but I mean Hart and Barrett yeah. and those guys are just seem to fit better. Yeah, there's, um, yeah, I you know they're going to win the series. You know, we did three one before, but we had the guy we just referred to. We don't have him anymore. Yeah, so he's not walking through the. Door. No, they're they're going to win the series. I think three one's a lot to overcome, and then you know, by the way, Giannis is out, so they could they could put a scare in Milwaukee. Without that, which is what I thought was important for the Cavs to do, I, you know, there's like a trajectory that you want to follow, and I, I do think it was really important for them to get to the second round this year. So I just like and, and the other, the other just maddening factor, like you are, you have been such a good defensive team this entire season. How can you not slow down Brunson? That kid's getting everything he wants. Like, make him put the ball on the ground. That's the only thing I can think because – and even then, it's like, how do we – we're a great defensive team. Well, here's though, like, if Mitchell's not going to get you 30, then he's not getting you much. So, like, if he's – you know, what happened over the weekend, then it really doesn't matter the rest of it. Like, he's got to get you 30. That's the operation. So, yeah. uh, it's but, tough. like, at the same time, you can't – like – you can't stop them down the stretch. I think they no. scored five straight possessions. Yep. Like, you're not getting back into the game that way. No, no, no. And, frankly, the, as bad as the weather's been for the last week, it would have been nice to have this go on for a little bit. It's no end in sight, is there? There's not sun anytime. No. I mean, it's sunny right now. I but. mean, it was supposed to be decent today. I had uh, my good friend Mark, the electrician, coming out to the house. Yeah. And he, he on Saturday he said, hey, I'm – Weather not great. I'm not going to be coming out. I'm like absolutely. Like this is not. There's nothing immediate that. It's some work that we've had on the schedule for a while. Please come at a time where the weather is good because it's an outdoor job. Yep. He's like, I'll be there Monday. You sure? Like you don't have to. Yeah, it's supposed to be sunny and fifty. Well, how's that going out there? It snowed rain on the way over. Uh, snow rain is yeah. exactly what it was this morning in Olmstead Falls. Yeah, we had uh, – I'm just looking at this. Like, it's a long ways out. We don't have a day in this with a start with a 7 until a week from this coming Saturday. Yeah. The great. 7th of May. And it's just rain and cold. Yeah. April April's tough. April and March are tough, man. And beginning of May, I got news for you. Not great either. No. No, it doesn't. Bootsy had a great line last night. Um, we were sitting there kind of winding down. Oh, I put a it in the day. rundown. Oh, do you have it in? Oh, yeah, you do. I do. So he goes – he just out of the blue, he goes, man, I, I think the weekend should be a week long. Sign me up, kid. Sold. And he goes, he goes, you know, like we go to school for a week. We should be off for a week. I like one week on, one week one off. One week like on, one fighter. <laughs> right. 24 on, 48 off. Great. This feels like a win, man. <laughs> Get that done. Uh, we also had a big moment. Uh, Beamsy had a big moment. We were used sports all weekend long is typically the case. And, um, uh, NBC, we had kind of a rough Saturday, and I had already eaten, and I said, it was at night, and I said, uh, what do you want? I said, you can get, I'll stop anywhere, wherever you want. He goes, he goes, you know, Dad, 
I haven't had Taco Bell in a long time. Oh, and he's only had it yes. once ever in his life. And I said, um, I go, okay, yeah, we can do Taco Bell. So we go in there and he ordered uh, the Doritos Locos Tacos. One of my faves. How do you things undefeated? So we get home and um, like Beams starts eyeing it from afar. He's like, now what's this? What what's what's going on here? What's this? And I said, oh, it's Taco. So he's never had it. He'd never had Taco Bell in his life. So we he comes in. I go, would you would you like a bite? And he goes, yeah. So he has a bite and he takes a big bite of the uh, the ta- the Doritos taco and he takes a bite. And I go, I go, what do you think? And he goes, geez, it's delicious. <laughs> You're darn right it is, kid. It's real good, man. You're darn right. Quite good. As you said, undefeated. Yeah. Pretty I good. I love a good Locos taco. They're so good. They, they it's are. One of the one of the biggest. I hadn't, I hadn't had one in years. I ordered one for myself, and I gave Beamsy half of it. Crushed it. Absolutely. Hey, how did Bootsy do uh, make in his uh, lacrosse Go- debut? I got the video proof. Goal. Goal in his debut. Got a win over Chagrin Falls, 4-2. to two. So, nice well, job at him. inflate the ego. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he did. He was – we were – so they tried to make him do two passes, and he was having a – a lot of us parents weren't aware that they were making them do that. So they would get, like, breakaways, and we would be like, shoot it, shoot it, and they wouldn't, and the coaches were like, they've got to pass twice. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. How about, how about filling in the fan base us, here? I before... guess maybe I should know. I've, it's been a while since the two older ones played at this level. So, yes, yeah, but he, he did get a goal, and they got a little win, so he was – he was pretty excited and pretty chesty. Pretty chesty. About that. Yeah, pretty chesty about that. Uh, so, yeah, all good. Did you have a good weekend other than the Cavs losing? Dude, it was, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I hung out. Like, we got some stuff done, but also vegged out, had some movie time, had some, there you, go. you know, watched some hoops. You know, Friday night, the wife was, uh, we, we were dealing with some stuff. The in-laws upgrade on a security system and. It's pouring down rain and outside trying to unload. Oh, the uh, the family bought a, uh, you know, we, we buy a cow. Yeah, yeah. And it's all chopped up. Well, sure. it arrived Friday night when I'm outside dealing with the alarm people. Yeah. So I'm now unloading a cow into the freezer. <laughs> it's a lot of it, beef. Yeah, it's a lot of beef. So I, I'm unloading it. And my wife's like, oh, yeah, the freezer out in the garage. Good to go. The in-laws. I open it up. I'm like. There's four turkeys in here. Like, these got to come out. Who yep. needs a turkey? <laughs> throw, the, throw the bat signal out. i got to clean out a freezer. I'm th- I, this is going to take every bit of space. <laughs> I think I got one turkey back in, but three had to find homes. Three had to ASA. find new homes. I'm like, this is new beef. Turkey's yeah. been here Tur- since Christmas. It's enough. It's enough with the turkeys. Yeah. Um, oh, one last thing. Um, NBC's been in, into, like, I don't know. He said this interest in like '90s movies. So we'd watch like Mission Impossible and that I stuff. And, like it. Um, he he goes, okay, let's watch Mission Impossible Four. And I said, ah, let's let's go for something a little more fun, maybe. And I said, I go, what do you think about? I go, why don't we try Ocean's Eleven? Ooh. So we pop in Ocean's Eleven, and if my memory served, that there wasn't anything I had to be worried about him seeing in it. That it's pretty tame and pretty fun. Uh, so it holds up tremendously. It's great. Um, it's interesting. Clooney shows up and starts talking. He goes, Dad, that's fantastic, Mister Fox. The voice of the fantastic, well, yeah, it's, that's that's one way of of describing Clooney. We're watching at the end, and my wife like paratroops in in the last thirty minutes and starts asking questions about now what's going on here with this. I'm like, honey, you've seen this. I was going to say, the she kid never has not. Seen it? No, she has lots. 
I go, you've seen it. He has not. Let's not ruin the end. Pipe down in the back. Come on. Come on. So he loved it. So it was good. It was, uh, and that, that holds up. Very good. It's nice to find those ones from that era that are uh, still very, very watchable, and that one absolutely is. Uh, lots to get to. It is draft week. Uh, there's a lot of silly season stuff out there. We'll try to separate fact from fiction, but that's damn near impossible, to be quite honest with you. Draft week is here. Be sure to catch the Browns draft preview show tonight, 7 to 8, 8.50 ESPN Cleveland, along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Browns General Manager Andrew Barry, the Athletics' Dane Brugger, going to join Ken and Z on the program tonight. We're off and running on a Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Elk and Elk, serious lawyers, serious injuries. Call Wayne Hunter, Elk, Ohio, for a free case review. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Uh, it's going to be chaos, man. It's going to be straight chaos uh, leading up to this. There's quarterbacks at the top. There are two veteran quarterbacks that are still out there. Um, one of the required readings is Peter King's Football Morning in America. You referenced this earlier, Gibbe, um, his line about C.J. Stroud. There's a chance he doesn't go in the top seven. So he puts a mock draft together, and he has the Titans moving up to three to get Stroud in a trade with Arizona. Now, the, so he who's he does, going to? He does, he does one mock draft. That's it. One. Always does. Yep. yep. And, th- and this is it. And this was his big bomb. So we used to um, – I just wondered, like, what would that package look like that, would have, that it would take to go up there to get that? That's the first thing that I thought of. Um, and then the second thing I thought of, of, you know, we did this – you know, we're invested a little bit in the Ohio State guys, and – so I remember in the Justin Fields draft, you're like, what's the perfect spot? It was San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco. And instead they went Trey Lance. Um, and if you were to do that same thing with C.J. Stroud, what would be the right place for him? Because it's nature versus nurture, right? You have to have the talent, but then you have to be put in the best position to succeed. So where is that? He would have stability in Tennessee with Vrabel because he's not going anywhere. And clearly the Titans seem to have moved on from uh, Malik Willis. Yeah, it didn't take long. Nope. You know, that didn't take long at all. But if, so. you, if you know, then best thing you can do is move forward. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Arizona would love to do that because Tennessee picks 11, I think. So they would go back to 11 and pick up some other stuff. Um, I mean, is that a – are you giving up three first-rounders? No, I don't think so. I think you're giving up two. You're giving up – well, really one – you're going to swap first-rounders this year. I think you give up next year's one, probably a two this year, and maybe a two next. Two twos and a one to move up from 11 to three. I think that's about all it would take. I don't know that there's that many people wanting to do it because they've certainly been trying to do it with Houston this whole process. Houston's been trying to move up. So to me it feels like there may, might not be that much interest to do it, but we're a long ways out. It's Monday. You know, you could see – other teams like make a little bit of a push here. So who does he have going second then? He has Tyree Wilson, edge rusher, Texas Tech. I'll tell you what, if they, if they're, if the only, if all of this is true 
And the only I, I, a higher ceiling than what I saw from Levis. But yeah, I just what, can't get past the fact that. It is alarming to me that Will Levis had a bad pro day. Like yeah, you shouldn't have bad pro days. Yeah, you should. You should. You should be a hundred out of a hundred. Absolutely. Yeah. And no, if, you should. If if you're not, if you don't win your pro day, I'm alarmed. Yeah, that's where I'm at with pro days. <laughs> yeah. So he's got all of the quarterbacks going in the top. So where does he have Richardson going to Seattle or something? Uh, all the way down to twenty three. Oh, the there he Minnesota is. Minnesota Vikings. <clears throat> oh, wow. So then he's got Hendon Hooker as the fourth quarterback off the board going 12 to the Texans. Yeah. Um, Hooker was uh, hurt in the uh, – what do you have, an Achilles or an ACL at the end of the regular season with Tennessee? Felt like it was an ACL, but I could be wrong. He was a starter at Virginia Tech and then transferred to Tennessee and was really good in Jeff Hype or uh, Josh Heupel's scheme. ACL. Yeah, thanks, bud. So um, – the ACL for Hooker late in the season um, that, that kind of cost him. He's 24. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I don't – like, that's that doesn't bug me at quarterback. No. Are No, I, I, I'm fine. If that's the guy that you yeah. think can turn around your franchise and you can get him at 12 as opposed to number two. Yeah, yeah. I have a hard time thinking Richardson goes to 23, but then – you know, I'm trying to remember last year at this time where people thinking Willis would be a first round pick. I can't remember if yes. they had already soured on him or if it was still no, that he was going to be. Everything was good up until, like we all. I think we all thought no matter what, someone's going to someone's going to take him. Yeah, like with all these guys are still going to go in the first round. Sure. And then draft day came around, and it was like, well, maybe not so much. Right. Yeah. No, it didn't happen that way. So we'll. He only takes one at bat at this. We'll see how he did. Uh, he did mention the Aaron Rodgers thing. Uh, it's 40 days, as he notes today in Monday Morning Quarterback, that Aaron Rodgers said, my intention was to play for the Jets. There's no trade yet. I won't be concerned. King writes until we get to the end of day 44 Friday when two rounds, uh, rounds two and three are staged. When the Jets have two second-round picks, it could be used as a potential deal for Green Bay. No deal has to be done, uh, and no deal has to be done, but that's when I would be concerned. Um, yeah, I think if you're the Packers, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Like you want to, you would want those assets recouped now. Yeah. Like you're going to have Aaron Rodgers. We get picks. So what's that going to look like? Do we, is, is it t both your twos, which it seems crazy that that's it considering what some of these quarterbacks net. And I guess that's just because Rodgers has some leverage with them, but it's, it just seems Again, weird to me. There that, like, should be a number one pick thrown in. Here. I agree. I don't understand how. And from, but from day one, that's been the case. Everybody's like, "Hey, it could be a conditional one if he plays two years, or maybe it's a first, but more than likely, it's it's a couple twos. And I'm like, this is a guy that's still one of the top seven quarterbacks in the National Football League. Well, I mean, maybe an just, argument at top five. He just won the MVP two years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I know like it was Lamar bad last year. Five years no, ago. no. I mean, it's two years ago he won it. So, um, yeah, I look, the Packers are notoriously a pretty smart organization. The Ravens, pretty smart organization. I just have a hard time believing that both of those organizations will go into this draft without certainty at quarterback one way or another. And there's nothing on Lamar out there at all. Nothing. But he also doesn't have anybody to leak it. Yeah. So And he had a bad week last week, frankly, with Jalen Hurts contract and the amount of guaranteed money. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't. That doesn't help his cause. I wouldn't think so. I would think it would be a situation where you would maybe you acquiesce a little bit to it, but who, I don't know. Um, but the, the fact that those two, two things are still sitting there, um, I'm with Peter on the Rodgers thing. If we get to Friday and nothing's done, I'd be shocked. Same thing on Lamar, though. Like, the Ravens are too savvy to do that. There's just no way. There's no way. So that's I, that's we'll see. What I don't happens. know. I, I I don't know. I don't think the Lamar stuff's going to get done this weekend or this week. I I actually might be a little surprised by that. Now the Aaron Rodgers thing. So you think the Baltimore done, Ravens, Gibbe, are going to draft without knowing who their quarterback is? It, well, in their mind, they have their guy. They sign him to a transition tag. He hasn't signed it yet, but yeah, but well. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, those things are. I mean, no one's going to give you anything it. for a trade. No, no, no. I mean, they. What they did was incredibly savvy. It would. It maybe alienated him permanently, but it was very, very sav- savvy. Yeah. yeah. I, I just. I. I don't know. I see the Lamar thing dragging out. Yeah. I think the Aaron Rodgers thing has to happen here this week. If yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. I'm with you. I think you have to have certainty on these things. Yeah really do did did you see who peter king had going number 17 it's on your sheet there oh my god you even bolded it oh i know oh i don't want that no jackson smith and jigba 17 to pittsburgh yeah that would be such a steelers pick him on one side pickens on the other you know what i think i don't think much of Pickett in terms of ceiling or what he can be but you knew if they do something like that, which would be very much in the cards for them, if they do something like that, this is what you do know about the Pittsburgh Steelers. They will put him in the best possible position to succeed. They will not leave him on an island. They will not Justin Fields him. They've already got decent weapons. They got Najee, who's great in blitz pickup. He's great as a dump-off guy uh, in that he's willing to take hits. He's not all that productive, uh, but he's willing to take hits. Um they already have two great receivers. You had a third one with Fryermuth, and you you're giving him and a fighting Alan chance. Alan Robinson, whose pressure is going. Oh, that's right. right. That's right. Alan yeah, Robinson's they went and got him last week. That's true. Yeah. So they've got that would be a lot of weaponry. Yeah. If they pull all of that off, I I, I don't I, want. I looked that. at that. I did a double take. I swore uh, for a few minutes, and then what's he doing? What's he Beautiful wearing? baby blue. Some shoes that end in a. You know, that's it. That's all he's doing. Living. Good to be king. Yeah. Not letting this weather get to him. <laughs> Glad someone isn't. I walked into uh, – we had legitimate grapple yesterday as Bootsy was playing. And we I walked in. I'm like, well, I'm here, so I'll hit the Heinens and Chagrin Falls. How different can it be than the Heinens at my house, uh, in my place? It can't be that much different than the Heinens in my town. So I thought, well, I'll go in there. This thing was like a labyrinth wrapped in a riddle – wrapped in a maze i could not find my way around this place aisles going this way this way like some sort i walk in there's like a square thing that i couldn't get out of with it was insane it was insane and i don't know if i was just fried from the weekend or no sleep i don't know but i could not figure out the flow grocery give me a nice flow what am i doing i'm up and down aisles that's all i want to do east East west you can't mix it you can't go half north south half east west Half, I don't even know, triangle? I don't know what they, rhombus? That thing was brutal. 
Not ideal. Not. No, not. So, silly season will continue throughout the week. That's where we're at, kids. we got a few days left before the draft. Um, Mike Florio, Chris Sims debate the Browns' biggest needs heading into Thursday. We'll have that for you coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily. Brought to you by BallyBit. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Hey, go see my friends. Renew your home for the last time. Renew Home Exteriors siding and roofing products are the best in the business. Renew Renew Home Exteriors will take care of you. Tell them Bo sent you. Don't spend all day with the high-pressure sales guys. The team at Renew won't waste your day with hours of negotiating. Instead, Renew offers an upfront fair price to make your project easy this month in fact take advantage of pre-pandemic pricing plus no interest on payments for 24 months renew home exterior superior product superior service visit renewestimate.com for more z and i debate all the time our biggest needs heading into the draft let's let somebody else do it for a time uh, for a, for a change here's mike florio and chris sims the Browns, finally we get to what we're supposed to be talking about, the team needs for the AFC North, half of the teams, maybe only one of the teams by the time we're done. The Browns have made some moves this offseason. They've added Dalvin Tomlinson, defensive tackle, Juan Thornhill from the Chiefs. Uh, but look, they don't have a, a ton of cap space, not with the, the Deshaun Watson deal. And they don't have uh, many draft picks because of the Deshaun Watson deal. So what more can they do? What more do they need to do to get themselves in a position where they can be as competitive as they need to be now that Deshaun Watson has the full year to get ready to go? Yeah, well, they're they're not far off, you know, like we discussed a lot, right, Mike? I mean, their team, they got some parts about them where you go, damn, there, there's a lot to like, right? We know the old line's good. I don't really look offensively to go anything's like glaring right there right now. I think it's all defense. You know, they've, they've changed what they're going to do here. Jim Schwartz is the new D coordinator. So there's two spots that jump out to me, Mike, and they're both defense related. One, pass rusher, you know, something obvious, uh, opposite of a, a Miles Garrett. I don't know if there's really a presence there right now that you can really look at. So that's like one that jumps out to me. And then the other one is linebacker, right? Linebacker, you know, they got uh, JOK, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. He's a smaller type of linebacker, right? But after that, you know, it's 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 guys that are, you know, solid players, but nothing special. They got Anthony Walker back on a one-year deal, right? So I, I think linebacker is probably the one I look at to go. They need something there for sure. But it's one of those two positions, Mike, at least for, for, my, for my money. No first-round pick or second-round pick for I the know. Browns this year. Their second-round pick recently went to the Jets for Elijah, Elijah Moore. Moore. And right. Pick number 74. So they go down 32 spots and they get Elijah Moore. So they've addressed needs there. And they're retooling the offense. And yeah. there's been some speculation about Nick Chubb's future. And Kevin 
Stefanski, head coach of the team, has has said that that Chubb continues to be an important part of the offense. But if you're going to get the most out of Deshaun Watson, it's not run, 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 run offense. They need guys that can catch the ball. And they have Amari Cooper, but now they've added Elijah Moore. They need weapons around uh, Watson, and, and maybe yeah. maybe this is the team that that you know looks late round for some help whether it's tight end who can catch passes, whether it's receiver. And also you need guys who can block. I mean, you've already made the investment into yeah. Sean Watson. Yeah. It puts a priority on everything around him to get the most out of that player, the $230 million and everything he gave up to get him. Yeah, you're, you're right. It, it's Hey, listen, a lot of what they do is going to be on him for sure, right? I still think Nick Chubb and that O-line are still – they can be a, a big-time focal point. But, yeah, the pass game is going to be – you know, they're going to rely on that more because of all the things you said. And you look at it and you go, damn, there's, there's some things to like there. You know, and when you talk about Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's a big, you know, strong receiver, he's good. Amari Cooper still can run routes with the best of them. You know, a speed guy in Anthony Schwartz, David Njoku, right, a tight end. The O-line, I think we would both agree, is top five-ish at least definite top 10-ish in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. It's top five-ish really is the, is the question. So, you know, that's where, yeah, maybe maybe something to sweeten the pot a little bit, but you know, I, I feel like it's got to be defense ultimately as far as the draft is concerned just because it's, it's a different scheme and it's a different thought there. And like you talked about before, they had Joe Woods, who was a little more Seattle scheme, and we want smaller, fast guys. And now this is Jim Schwartz, where where did he grow up? Oh, Bill Belichick and that school of thinking? Well, that's going to be bigger people. So I got to think that transition has to happen here a little bit through the draft. Well, the thing is, and there, you know, some of that has happened already uh, with some of the stuff that's happened in free agency. And I think we'd like to attack some of that stuff in the draft when you talk about it, certainly up front. And I do think – I mean, I don't want to some – of, some of what you're talking about at the top, it's it speaks to more just the randomness of picking 73 than it – there are needs. Like, we could have a 53 that would go and you'd feel comfortable with it and you'd feel like a playoff team. But there certainly are needs, and they are up front. I mean, it would be really nice to get a player who can make an impact, specifically a defensive tackle – with the with the Perion stuff or defensive end like an impact player at either spot at 73 would be a home run and I to me that feels like the straightest path for what they would do if one of your two picks in the third round was like an MJ Emerson from a year ago yeah that is a contributor and an impact player for you on the defensive line you'd sign up for that all day long yeah yeah that's that's really where you where you are with this thing but it's going to be a long wait you know, it's a long wait. What like what time is that pick? Is that ten thirty? It's probably ten thirty. I, I would say it's, it's after ten o'clock. And then like your other the one first is round will last until what? First round will go to, or the, I'm sorry, the second round starts at seven on Friday. Is yeah. that right? So that'll last till about nine. And I think it's like is it eight minutes per pick? I can't remember if it's eight or is it five. I think it might be. It might go down to five on Friday night. It's okay. Through the second round or into the third, I think I think it's both. I I believe that's the case because eight minutes is uh, for the first round. Remember, it used to be fifteen in the old day. My God. Uh, teams have all right, so it's ten minutes to make their choice in the first round, seven minutes in the second, five in the third. 
So we start speeding it up. Yeah, and then fourth, four minutes in the seventh round. And it's never that long. No. no. Like the cards are – you get to the well, point by Saturday, they're just, you know 12 picks in advance when you're yeah. – what, what your team's doing. It is pretty interesting how the NFL and their broadcast partners, I mean themselves, the NFL Network and then ESPN, it's really interesting to me how they have um, – how the how they make the television choices they make because they have treated now the second round like the first so you have this big breakdown of every player in the second round like that never used to be the case right when it was all on one day it was like the first round was done and then it, the second round was just rapid fire and they weren't now they treat the second round like the first and it's really to your point it's really not till saturday that you get this rapid pick where you're not going yeah. over every single guy who's picked yeah, which is good because at that point you're just <laughs> let's get let's get through it and let's yeah. get to the draft and let's get to rookie on to on to rookie minicamp and a couple of weeks later a schedule release because that will be here two weeks after the draft. Is that what that is? Two Usually mid May. Yeah, middle of May. Yeah, you get that schedule release. right around the, right around that second week, maybe the third week. But yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be schedule release time. I, I'll be. I mean. Jumping ahead to that, it'll be fascinating to see how the league and the television partners view us. Because will we get kick times then too? Yeah, because yeah, we already know who we play. So you'll get yep. the actual schedule and you'll get the kick times and you'll uh, get all of that stuff sorted out. It'll it, be interesting to see where how we're judged there. We will get into this as the week goes on. But knowing that the great city of Kansas City, yeah, they, it should be an unbelievable week in KC. I don't know what the weather looks like. I was just gonna look, but that that town knows how to throw a party, and I got a feeling that it's. I, I know exactly where the draft's happening at Union Station, the light district that normally, like when it's nice out, goes till like three or four in the morning. Yeah, I mean it's already a party downtown. So they got sixty-eight on Thursday for the high, so it'll be fine. Perfect. Um, Friday is 60 and then 58 for the high on Saturday. So it gets cooler as the weekend goes along. But uh, for that first round on Thursday, it should be pretty nice. Oh, my God. Down there. And everything's downtown. All your hotels. I mean, the only thing not downtown the stadiums, is your football right? stadium, which right. is 30 minutes outside. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be good. I. It's interesting, though, too, because they don't, you know, like they're picking last. <laughs> Correct. So you're just going to wait around forever to get their picks. Yeah. I mean, the Jonas Brothers are going to be there. That's the new entertainment. Are they? Uh, oh, yeah. The Jonas Brothers are performing Thursday night, ESPN. Nothing says draft today like the Jonas show. Brothers. Like, it's <laughs> – I don't even know. Like, it's going to be just a – it's going to be a giant bash. It's going to be a big old fat party. Sure. A uh, lot of barbecue. It is amazing. It amazed me here a couple of years ago when we did it. It was amazing. It's amazing how many people get excited to watch human beings go shake another human being's hand. And, and that's Peter you're King, not watching a game. Yeah, Peter like King talked about it this morning. He goes crazy. It was just. It, it was like I think it was eight years ago. Yeah, that the draft was in Chicago, and he's like, "It's never going to work." Yeah, Peter King's like, "I wrote, it's never going to work." Yeah, like, who's going to go watch this? Yeah, like it's made for New York City. Yeah. Leave it in New York. Oh, yeah. Stop messing with it. And now, I mean, people bid on it like they bid for Super Bowls. It's wild. 
It's absolutely wild. It's the power of the league. Um, speaking of the league, you will be joined by one of the men who work for the league, the great Nick Shook. Uh, we'll join Gibby here momentarily. Uh, we will have Greg Newsom from the podium in the second hour of the program. In addition to that, Gibby's interview with CBS draft analyst Ryan Wilson. You have that to look forward to, which is very, very nice. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And we welcome you back into the Cross Country Mortgage Campus here in Berea. I'm Jason Gibbs. Hour two of Cleveland Browns Daily rolls along on a Monday, a draft Monday. Draft week is finally here. You'll hear from CBS Sports NFL Draft Analyst Ryan Wilson coming up bottom of the hour. Greg Newsom at about 15 minutes from now. Browns defensive back. Right now to the Twisted Tea hotline we go. Brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea. Official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keeping it twisted. Our good friend from the NFL Network and NFL.com. The one and only Nick Shook joins us on the Twisted Tea hotline. Happy draft week, my friend. And given the weekend that uh, was in Cleveland sports, uh, onward and forward with the draft. <laughs> That's one way to describe it. I'll tell you, everybody in Cleveland's probably about ready to move on. <laughs> the rough one Dude, they had. And, uh, awful. But... Awful, awful, awful. If, is there, if the Cleveland Cavaliers – can turn it around and win this series, they must have what happen, Nick Shook? Um, they must pull a rabbit out of their hat, I think, based on what – I mean, basically it comes down to this. Okay, if you're a Cavs fan, you, you take it one game at a time from here. You say, well, look, in the third quarter yesterday, they, they showed what worked, and it wasn't until Evan Mobley got in foul trouble that they you know got into a situation where they couldn't run their offense as they intended and Darius Garland couldn't penetrate off the dribble anymore. And things kind of, the run kind of fell apart. I don't think it was an energy thing. I think it was a personnel thing, but the problem is, is now you have to take it one game at a time. You say, you come back home, you defend home court. Nobody's eliminating us at home. And if you win game five, then you just say, well, we'll see what happens in game six. The biggest problem though. And the reason I say the rabbit out of the hat Gibbs, they don't have LeBron James on their roster. And the last time they were, they were down three, one and came back in a series. They happened to have that guy and a bunch of veterans who had experience that can lead them back to victory. And I, I just don't feel too confident as much as it pains me as a Cavs fan to say, I, I think that uh, we're nearing the end of this run. I would agree with you, my friend, unfortunately. I, 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 it was such a struggle to see that team who has performed so well all season long in the last 48 hours just crumble. I, I, I don't yeah. recall it's- seeing something like that in a while. What it is is it's a flawed roster that lacks outside shooting, that lacks the ability to space the floor against a team that's going to bully you, that's going to try to win with physicality. And this is what Toronto did to the Cavs, too. Same thing as uh, is what the Knicks are doing. They're pushing them around, and the Cavs aren't necessarily tough enough to deal with that. And the finesse elements only work when Garland gets involved, and he didn't get involved at Madison Square Garden until the second half yesterday. And, and, and you're not going to win games if that doesn't happen. So, Not to mention the fact that Donovan Mitchell put on a stinker of a performance. 11 points is not going to get the job done when you're the team's star. Uh, I think that they need to go into the offseason and address their needs, get an enforcer as a backup center, and, and run it back again next year. 
Well, the Browns are going to address their needs on Friday night, late, probably 10.30, 11 o'clock before we make a pick as of now, Monday at 2.08 p.m. But Nick Shook, the Browns, they don't pick till 74. A lot going to happen before they draft. And it starts Thursday night at 8 o'clock, continues Friday night, rounds 2 and 3 at 7, and then at noon on Saturday with the remainder of the draft. It is draft week. There are lots of storylines, but it's also silly season, Nick Shook. Uh, what are you thinking here as we get into draft week? And, and this draft seems to be a little different than in years past. Well, you know, the, the momentum in the last few days has really shifted, and it starts with pick number two. I think uh, at this point it sounds like the Panthers are pretty set on, on Bryce Young. Do I agree with that necessarily? I don't know. We'll see. But, um, you know, it sounded like, at least in terms of team need and where they were drafting, Panthers go quarterback at one, Texans go quarterback at two, then the rest of the draft unfolds. Well, not so fast, my friend, in the words of Lee Corso, because now it sounds like the Texans might not want to take a quarterback. And, and quite frankly, nobody has any idea of, of what the Texans are going to do at, at number two. And, and I think that's, that's really the, the, the pivot point. That's where the whole draft starts to really unfold. And it's a level of uncertainty at the spot that we haven't seen in some time. Um, I mean, I think back even to recent drafts, you know, Trevor Lawrence was the surefire number one a couple of years ago. Zach Wilson was pretty much number two. We knew that was in the bag. Big question, you know, in that draft was, was Matt Jones going to be number three? And it ended up being Trey Lance. Um, and we all bought into that smoke screen for a couple weeks prior. I think that there's actually fire behind this smoke in Houston. And the reason is, is Nick Casario's track record um, has, has not, you know, we don't have a long history with him in Houston. And we especially don't have a long history with him because he's now on his third head coach. And, and you know, this new pairing, there's no – background to rely on well this is what they did in the past it's a new first time head coach it's a it's a guy that's beloved in in Houston as a former linebacker and D'Amico Ryans who's now running the team defensive guy and you wonder maybe they spend that on a guy like Will Anderson out of Alabama or or somebody else and address a different position of need it could be a Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech that the the projections really uh Span the spectrum, I think, uh, with what they do at number two if they don't go quarterback. And the other thing, too, though, and this is why I have a hard time necessarily thinking it's the right decision to not go quarterback unless they just don't feel so highly on, on, on C.J. Stroud as some other people do, is, look, we know how important quarterback is, right, Gibbs? I mean, it's the most important position in sports, not just in football, but in sports. If you don't have a guy at quarterback, you don't have a legitimate chance to win football games. Your ceiling is lower. You can hope to, if everything else goes right, you might get in the playoffs, and that's about it. The days of Trent Dilfer playing, playing quarterback in an offense on a team that, you know, is supported by a legendary defense, the days of, of those types of guys playing, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen anymore. It's too much of a passing league. So if you don't have a quarterback on your roster and you have an opportunity to take a guy, why wouldn't you do it? Unless you're not very confident in the remaining guys available, which at, point, at that point you go in a different direction, which really would shake things up because then you could get guys you get teams moving up because, you know, let's say Houston goes edge rusher. Then all of a sudden pick number three is the most coveted pick in the draft and teams that might want quarterbacks for the future or plug-and-play starters right now, they're going to be on the phone calling Monty Austin for it out in Arizona, the new GM, and saying, hey, what do you want for three? We want to move up there. We like Stroud. We want to take him. And there's also the other wild card of what do people think about Anthony Richardson? The, the projection on him is all over the place. You've seen him as 
being maybe the fourth overall pick in Indianapolis, as low as the 20th pick to Seattle. It's all over the place. So it's exciting because, like, talking about this, I'm getting excited about the uncertainty of it. It's been a grind to get to this point, I think. But this is where the payoff really happens. And I think we might be in line for some serious fireworks on Thursday night. Well, from your mouth to God's ears, because I feel like there hasn't been a whole lot other than what's gone on in the past week involving C.J. Stroud, a a guy that a month ago, as Peter King said it in his piece, was the number one pick going to Carolina. We saw the pro day. We saw Josh McCown blowing it up with him after uh, his pro day workout. Like We we all thought C.J. Stroud to Carolina, no-brainer. Now it's Bryce Young, and now... Where's C.J. Stroud going to fall? Like Peter King this morning talking about he might not go in the top seven picks. I don't think that'll be the case. Someone will come up and grab him. But what? Like it is truly silly season. And as Bo Bishop, the our, our one co-host here on Cleveland Browns Daily, just said, who is who's dropping all this stuff about Stroud? Are they trying to get him to fall back? Are they trying to decrease the value enough so that another team can come up and go get him? What is going on with C.J. Stroud? That's a great question because, like you said, a month ago, it was the only big question mark for him. There was two. And it was, well, you know, is what he did against Georgia in the Peach Bowl, is that who he is? Or was he just, is he just really good in bowl games? Because he had the great showing against Utah in the Rose Bowl the year prior. But he couldn't beat Michigan. He couldn't win those big games. So, you know, is it, who, which guy is he? And then he had a great pre-draft process. He, he just he tore it up in Indianapolis at the Combine. He had a good pro day where it's hard to not have a good performance at a pro day because everything's structured to make you look good. Everything seemed to be trending in the right direction. I've been in the C.J. Stroud camp. He's my QB1 in this class, not to take anything away from Bryce Young, but I think in terms of build and the skills that, that translate immediately in the, in the NFL – accuracy is one of them and, and and i think he's certainly got he's checked that box uh and my only other question with him really was you know is he ever going to use his legs more to extend the play and 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 really take advantage of that his athleticism and he even spoke about that in indy so what has happened you're right bo is absolutely right who's putting this out there now i'm never going to be able to uh be the one who's following the money to find the source of these things because it's just too crazy this time of year but there are some teams that, you know, in that top seven that could be needing a quarterback. Now, the Seahawks did just extend Geno Smith, but if they wanted a project player or somebody like that, maybe they look for somebody else. I don't think that the Stroud thing is a fit for them. But I see Indianapolis. That's a team that needs a quarterback. They have bumbled through the position in the last few years. Phillip Rivers was the only bridge guy that worked. Carson Wentz was a disaster. Matt Ryan, even more of a disaster. They've got to be out of patience. They've got to figure out who's going to be their quarterback in the future after trying to figure out their way through the last half decade without Andrew Luck. That's a team that I think that makes a ton of sense. The Raiders could be in play, okay? This is a team that hosted Bryce Young for a visit. This is a team that has Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster, but he's not a spring chicken exactly. He's not super old, but he's not going to be there for 15 years. So maybe that's a fit. Maybe they move up. They've been kind of active when it comes to the top 30 visits and, and taking a closer look at some of these quarterbacks when they you know, previously weren't necessarily in range to take one of those top two guys. Maybe they move up to three. I'm not sure, but I think that there are some teams that could have their eye on him, and if he is falling, they've got to be licking their chops a little bit and figuring out, okay, how can we move up and get him? This is a scenario we didn't anticipate prior. And I still go back to Houston and think, well, what are you going to do with quarterback if you don't draft a Exactly. You're just going to go back with Davis Mills again? Like, okay, like, all right, I guess that's fine. If you, you're not in love with the guy, don't spend the pick on him. But 
I, I, that makes it really hard to believe, but I do think there is some fire behind the smoke because it's just been a little too loud and a little too sudden for me to think otherwise. Talking with Nick Shook from the NFL Network and NFL.com. From a Browns perspective, as I mentioned, not picking till number 74, two biggest needs. One, Give me one from each side of the football that you feel like this team needs to address here on Thursday, fr- well, Friday or Saturday for all intents and purposes. <laughs> right, because Thursday they're going to be a non-participant. Get comfy. Go do something else on Thursday night. Go see a movie because it's not right, We have a draft uh, show from 8 to midnight, Shook. Oh, have fun filling those hours. Hey, well, hey. And as the Cardinals make their pick, we're going to look ahead to tomorrow when the Browns pick. You know, you can talk about You can say, <laughs> hey, they, you have a second-round pick. You traded a second-round pick to get a second-round pick of a couple years ago and got a third back. His name's Elijah Moore. You can rave about him for an hour if you need to. But uh, when it comes to needs, I'm still thinking their front seven needs something. And, you know, they've stood padded edge rusher. You know, Oboe might be the guy, I guess, for them off the edge. I felt like they still needed to make another addition, and maybe they do later in this draft, uh, you know, when when it comes time for them to pick. I mean, they scored last time, you know, last year with the pick they spent on M.J. Anderson. He's been a a very solid player. It's been a great move. So maybe, you know, the advanced scouting, you know you don't have a first-round pick. You get to dig a little bit deeper into the class and find some value at that spot. But – I think it's got to be front seven. I've, for years, thought they've been too thin at linebacker to the point where they're going out and getting Deion Jones last year, and they're getting Reggie Ragland off the scrap heap and, and throwing them in there because they lack depth, they lack playmakers. But, again, they're kind of in a similar position at the spot again. So maybe that's just the philosophy of the front office at this point. I think that you could use some more depth in that front seven, though. You know, the interior, they've added a few guys. They look a lot better in that spot than they did prior, but I think you can never have too many bodies there. And, it's, and especially if you're going to rotate an edge rusher opposite Miles Garrett, I think you could go there as well. So it's the front seven, and specifically if they're not going to go linebacker, you go front four because this isn't the best linebacker draft anyway. So you go front four because there is some value in this class. And then offensively, you know, they've done a decent job at receiver. You know, that was probably going to be the spot that everybody focused on prior was, hey, they need another weapon at receiver. Well, they go get Elijah Moore. They get Marquise Goodwin. And then maybe you go get another slot guy to develop. You did that last year with David Bell, but you kind of know who he is. He's a little physically limited. And Anthony Schwartz is going to be fighting for a roster spot. So there's a lot of value in this class. I think um, I think he gets around three and four. You know, I mean, I don't know if Tank Dell is still going to be there, but that's been my guy for a long time out of Houston. He's one of my favorite guys in the combine. But there are other players who, provided there's not a huge run on receivers, um, you could add. It with a, a round three or round four pick and, and you know, kind of work them into the system as well. Um, otherwise, I mean, you look offensively, you got your quarterback, you got your running backs. Um, you're you're going to be asking more of the young guys you have at running back, Jerome Ford being one of them after the Kareem Hunt thing has, you know, the part ways and there's no mending offenses there. And, and I think you're okay at tight end as well. So uh, offensive line, you've been solid for a while. Uh, I don't think you're going to get any better at the position with a draft pick. So I think it goes back to receiver, and you and you look at you know some of these because there's a ton of slot guys in this draft. I mean, a ton of undersized receivers. I've never seen this many under undersized. I guess is kind of a derogatory way of describing them, but they're under six feet tall. They're smaller guys. They're made to play in the slot. Some of the top guys in this group are not going to be there. The Josh Downs types. They're going to be gone. The Zay Flowers. They're going to be gone. But you're going to get the opportunity to select somebody else. And you know, if you really want to do it, go back on the defensive side real quick, just because I like the depth of this class in this position. I know you're strong at corner right now. You got Newsom, you got Ward, you got Emerson. But I, I also think you, you can't have too many quality defensive backs. And if you can snag one of those in, you know, day two, wouldn't be a bad move either. I think there's some serious depth and value in this group. 
Nick Shook dropping a lot of knowledge here on Cleveland Browns Daily. All right, real quick, final final question. It's like a two-parter, but does the Aaron Rodgers deal get done by the end of the draft? It's been 40 days since he announced he, his intention to play for the Jets, by the way. You know what 40 days is, Gibbs? I don't know how much of a, a, a biblical scholar you are, but that's a biblical number. That's, you know, Jesus spent 40 days and nights in the desert, you know, uh, during his, his fasting period. Uh, yeah, 40 days you're getting of deep here. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, well, you know, private school background. I, I did, had to do some Bible study back in the day, right? Uh, <laughs> that is about the point where we should be feeling with Aaron Rodgers. I feel like we were also out in the desert for the last 40 days, 40 nights, uh, because – Look, man, I'm ready to move on. We're all ready to move on. We just want an answer. We want a solution. And I think it happens before the end of the draft because they're not going to get the first-round pick from the Jets. They're not because you don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to play more than one year. But you might get a second-round pick. And what do the Jets have? They got two of them. So I think that the deal gets done somewhere within day two. Maybe they sit back and spend their higher two and then send a later two to the Packers. I think we're close. I think this is the week it finally ends, and we can finally move on and also ignore the rumblings that he could maybe go to another team, which I think is a little extreme. So it gets done before the draft. There's your answer. What about Lamar Jackson? Mm. That I don't feel as confident in. Um, I would not be surprised to see the Ravens spend a later pick on a quarterback uh, and hedge their bet. Not a starting caliber quarterback, not one of the guys in the first round, unless you get a massive blockbuster-type deal where somebody signs into an offer sheet and then sends the, the Ravens two first-round picks and they have the capital to move up. But that would have to happen, like, today, tomorrow, Wednesday. I don't think that all happens during the first round of the draft. So I think what happens is this continues to drag out. We don't make a ton of progress. The Ravens hedge their bets and, and go get a quarterback to, you know, park behind you know, uh, at the third string spot and, and maybe potentially develop in the event that they don't have Lamar and, and you know, they get their uh, good old Lamar light playing quarterback this year instead. Uh, and they have somebody else behind him while they wait to see what Lamar does. I think that's probably more likely is they go later round, find a guy to develop, spend a later pick on him. They don't have a lot of picks to work with. I think they have five, which is unusual for the Ravens. And, uh, and that's probably the most likely scenario. I just don't see this being resolved because – there's just been no movement. It's, it's the, the, the gap between them in terms of communication. It's just, you know, this, this is a situation in which I, you know, I'm not one to pound the table for agents necessarily, but look, if, if he had an agent, I feel like we'd probably have, this might be done by now. And, and uh, I think not, it would be, I don't think it's getting to get, to get any closer until we hit May. Maybe it gets a little bit closer by that. I, I don't think he's going to show up to OTAs, mini camp, none of that stuff. Uh, it's going to drag on for a little bit. Nick Shook, appreciate the time as always. Will you be in Kansas City or will you be in the great CLE this weekend? I will be in the great CLE, my friend. Uh, we will be doing it remotely because, um, quite frankly, there's not the most value from being at the draft. It is a, very much a made-for-TV event, and, and most of what you'll glean and most of what my job, responsibilities, and duties uh, entail will be done from here. So I'll be surrounded by the Browns fans who are getting tired waiting until day two, round three, to make their first pick. Well, there you go. Uh, you can, maybe maybe we'll call you and have you on Thursday night, too. <laughs> yeah, fill some time, you know. Hey, you, you got to find a way to fill some time, right? I, I'm honored every time you come on with us. You still take my phone calls, so I got that going for me, which is nice. Nick Shook, appreciate the time, my friend. 
you still take my phone calls. What are you talking about? Thanks, Gibbs. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You got it, buddy. We'll talk soon. Good luck this weekend. Nick Shook from NFL.com and the NFL Network. Up next, more from your Cleveland Browns. And last week's media availability, it's Greg Newsom talking to the media. That's when Cleveland Browns Daily rolls on on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today and ask for the judge. He'll take good care of you. In case you missed it, from last week at the podium, Browns corner, Greg Newsom II. Have a listen. When you saw the, the trade request stuff and you just vehemently denied it, just what went through your mind when you saw it? Um, I was mad. Um, I really just don't think people really, like, truly understand how much, first of all, Cleveland means to me, like getting drafted here, uh, the fans embracing me right away, uh, you know, just things like that. So I really just don't understand, you know, something like that. I, I wouldn't do that. I, like, truly adore Cleveland, so – um, yeah, I was I was definitely mad. Why did you change agents? Uh, that's a personal reason. Um, I didn't trade agents to try to get out of here. Yeah, I traded agents because I think you know for my career it'll help me in the long run. Um, so I traded agents just for personal reasons. Hey Greg, a lot was made of when you tweeted no when somebody on Twitter asked you about playing in the slot. So what did you mean by that? Yeah, um, I think that was the last year's issue. Um, you know, now with a, with a new defensive coordinator, just, you know, being able to sit down, talk to him, uh, see a new scheme and things like that. I feel like a little bit last year, I was, I feel like I was more of a linebacker, you know, in certain instances than an actual cornerback, you know, talking to, you know, Jim Schwartz and being able to, you know, getting his new scheme and things like that. Um, I feel like we'll work very well together. So are you open to playing some inside? Yeah, I, I feel like that was never, like the clear issue was just not me playing in the slot, like, you know, against Cincinnati, Guarding a guy like Tyler Boyd, guarding guys like that, like I have no problem with doing that. You know, I just feel like in a certain certain cases, it was just I was more of a linebacker than a you know a cornerback. So do you do you like the role that Jim Schwartz is laying out for you, and are you excited about it? And, and what do you think it's going to be like? Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, you know, his track record, you know, speaks for itself. Um, you know, just just the way he uses his D line, you know, is going to help us corners, you know, so much more. So. Um, yeah, just just getting to talk to him, you know, seeing how how the scheme is going to be ran. I'm I'm super excited. Can be a, a you know like a leader for him. I mean, he's going to need some guys to kind of get this thing going in the right direction. Do you feel like are you going to be that guy for him or one of those guys? Yeah, I mean that's a goal of mine. You know, going into year three, being around the program, you know, seeing things that you know we need to fix and things like that. Um, being more of a vocal leader this year and things like that. I feel like um, I'm definitely ready to take the next role. What do you think needs fixing most on the defense? You know, I think I think it's just consistency. Um, you know, that's what we're preaching. You know, right now is just you know being consistent. You know, we've had games last year where we looked super dominant, and then we had games where we we didn't. So I think uh, our thing is going to be uh, you know being consistent. 
Greg, is there a chance things could change in training camp and you end up on the outside, or are you the nickelback going into this offseason program? Um, you know, I, I would say no role is, is kind of stamped. Um, you know, with his new scheme, I feel like if, if you watch his stuff before, you know, the corners that he had before, everyone plays, you know, a lot of everything, you know. So um, I kind of don't know exactly what my role will be. Um, but, you know, just talking to him, I'm just super excited to, you know, get with my new teammates and, you know, get ready for this next season. You do play in the slot a fair amount. Uh, do you think you'll be that much better for it, for having played it some last year and that you might be able to shine and excel in it even more this year if you do? Yeah, I feel like I'm, you know, super confident, you know, whatever role, you know, that I need for that game or for that week, um, I'm, I'm super confident that I'll be able to get the job done. Greg, I guess, do you – go ahead, Chris. What has Juan meant to, you know, how much have you talked to Juan since he, he signed here and what can he mean to this, this room, you know, just kind of, you know, coming in, having won a couple of Super Bowls and that sort of thing? Yeah, I actually met Juan, I think last year. Uh, we trained together in the offseason last year. So um, I was super excited, you know, getting to, you know, meet him again in person and, you know, just talking to him and a guy who has championship pedigree, he knows what it takes. Uh, so he's going to be able to be that guy. You know, when the going gets tough and, and things like that, he knows how to get through it. Uh, so, you know, we're super excited to get him in this building. Greg, I know you played, obviously, some slot your rookie year. It was more last year. I guess when you were playing in the slot more outside less, did you feel like last season, as it were on, that you weren't getting to build on some of the things that you were starting to excel at from your rookie year? Was that part of maybe the, the frustration there? Yeah, um, that was too. And then, I mean, we just weren't winning ball games. You know, that was that's the biggest thing for me, um, you know, team success. So. You know, we're not winning. You know, I feel like I wasn't making a lot of plays. Um, you know, I'm just frustrated. Uh, but, you know, I think in this next year, you know, just talking to Schwartz once again and, you know, seeing his new scheme and things, I think um, it's going to be great. Specific to you guys, Greg, with uh, Coach Howard leaving, and obviously Brandon was here before. Just talk about that transition of having a new specific corner coach now. Yeah, um, it, it's crazy now because we're split up a little bit more than we were last year. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, I was with B. Lynch. He was kind of – he was a corner coach last year. He just didn't really, you know, have the title. But I'm super excited for him. Um, he's a great coach. Uh, we love him. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're expecting to do big things this year. Did your frustration ever get to a point where you thought you might want to go somewhere else? No. Nah. Um, I said it from the jump. Like, I, I, I want to be one of those guys uh, to stay in one place their whole career. Uh, you know, once again, the fans and everything about Cleveland is all what I'm about. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm hoping to be here for the long run. Do you feel like, you know, even now with, you know, going to the Cavs, Knicks series and all that kind of stuff, I mean, it, it even just brings you more embedded into the community and, and how much you love it here, right? I mean, yeah, it was crazy. Um, yeah, going to the game, uh, it was just electric. Like, I, it just shows what the future can hold. You know, obviously we got to start now. Uh, this is day one of workout. So, you know, we got to keep building upon, but, you know, trying to get to that playoff, trying to get to that Super Bowl run. I could just tell, you know, how excited the fans were, um, you know, for the Cavs. So I can only imagine for us. Am I a good softball player? Oh, I'm crazy. Yeah. I'm great. <laughs> Greg, do you feel with a new defensive coordinator and all the new players on this defense, like has there been fresh life, I guess, kind of breathed into the defense, that side of the ball coming back into the building this week, do you feel like? For sure. I mean, I, I think you could just tell by, you know, everybody coming back. Like, we have all of our guys here, um, you know, super excited, ready to go. And, you know, once again, just seeing his track record, you know, he's been a part of Super Bowl defenses. He had top five, top one defenses. So I think we're super excited. You guys have had 
line of talent on your side of the ball the last couple of years. So I guess, how, what can Jim Schwartz do as a defensive coordinator to really just bring the best out of all of you guys and get you to all play as a, a cohesive unit? Yeah, I think it's just you know putting guys in, a, in a, the best position to succeed, and I and I feel like he has shown that in the past. Um, you know, getting our guys up front to go get after the quarterback, which is he's shown that in the you know in the past. So uh, we're super excited with him. Um, and you know, as a secondary, seeing his track record with the D line is only going to help us out. Um, so yeah, we're super excited. Recommendations on any receivers from Michigan State? Jaden Reed, yeah, my guy. All right, that's Greg Newsom, the second from last week's media availability. We'll take a timeout when we come back. My interview with CBS Sports Draft Analyst Ryan Wilson from the best podcast available. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Draft week is here. Be sure to catch the Browns draft preview show tonight from 7 to 8 on 850 ESPN Cleveland, all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Browns GM Andrew Barry, the Athletics' Dane Brugler, join Ken Carmen and Nathan Zagura tonight. From the best podcast available, a little bit more of a deep dive into this year's NFL draft. Here's yours truly with CBS Sports NFL Draft Analyst Ryan Wilson. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Why do you like Bryce Young? You watch Bryce play, and that's why that's why I like Bryce Young. And here's the thing. like CJ is a, a really good football player. You watch him in the fall on television. You're sitting at home on Saturday, and you're going, okay, yeah, he, he's making some plays, but he's throwing to – Last year was Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Mar- Marvin Harrison, the second. And he made plays this year without Jackson Smith and Jigwood, by the way. So he was able to do that. But Marvin Harrison did had a huge season in 2022. And, and you sort of get away from the fact that he's actually doing a lot of this as, as well. A lot of this is on, on CJ. Like he's making these throws. He's layering these throws to the second level. He's also had an offensive line that every year you have two or three guys that are getting drafted high. Uh, Alabama, I mean, it's hard to make a sob story for Alabama. But in Bryce's defense, he hasn't been thrown to the same receivers that Tua and Mac Jones were throwing to, all those first-round picks that got drafted. He's throwing just a bunch of guys, uh, many of whom may not get drafted. And he does it consistently off-platform. Um, he got, he, he pro- There's probably no one better in this draft that, that moves inside the pocket uh, with as much subtlety and effectiveness as Bryce does. <clears throat> Never rattle. We were talking to Will Anderson of the Combine, and he said, I, I've seen Bryce get hit by SEC defensive linemen time and time again, and every time Bryce gets up, and he's better on the next play. And another way to say that is that no moment's too big for Bryce. We've seen moments overwhelm quarterbacks. We've seen moments overwhelm Will Levis at, at times and Anthony Richardson, and you don't see that with Bryce. The only issue is that he's 5'10". That's a pretty huge issue. That's historically small by quarterback standards. But if he's six one, 
guess what? We're talking about him like we talk about Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, and he's going first, and that's a wrap. And he's going to – I think he starts from day one. I think he probably has the best rookie season. Obviously, fit matters and players around him matter. The Texans aren't a great football team now, and neither are the Panthers, and it'll be fun to watch those two organizations. Should, she, uh, should CJ go to Carolina and, and Bryce go to Houston, how they track over the course of the season. But there are no holes in Bryce's game other than the fact that he's short. And you might say, well, balls get batted down. He didn't get balls batted down at Alabama. And I think, you know, the best predictor of future success is, is what you've done in the past. And this dude has been incredibly successful. Talking with Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports NFL Draft Analyst, NFL NFL coverage uh, and analyst throughout on CBSSports.com. Also CBS Sports, multiple platforms, uh, podcast as well with the first pick podcast with Rick Spielman. All right, let's talk about those Ohio State guys. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, a lot of people think there could only be one wide receiver. I don't think that'll be the case that goes in the first round, but obviously he's toward the top of the list. Uh, Paris Johnson has really elevated, uh, and I know in your latest mock you have him going ninth to Chicago. And then a guy that I know Browns fans are are hoping maybe is around later on uh, on night uh, number two of the draft in that third round, Zach Harrison, the edge rusher uh, out of Ohio State. If you could talk a little bit about those guys. Yeah, let's start with Zach Harrison. I, I think Zach Harrison will be around. Uh, I talked to teams. So I was at the Ohio State Pro Day to watch CJ, and then all the other guys were there as well. And by the way, Marvin Harrison Jr., I think he's going to be pretty good. Just a hunch. Uh, watching him catch passes from yeah. CJ. He flashed. <laughs> but in terms of uh, of Harrison – Sweet mercy. Again, I was talking about Will Levis building someone in the lab. That's what a defensive end looks like when you build him in the lab. He is long. Uh, he tested well. The issue is he's a little high-waisted, and that's sort of a scouting term. But his long legs are sort of skinny-ish, and at times you want those defensive ends to be a little thicker in the lower half to when you're setting the edge against these offensive linemen in the NFL. That said, again, the arm length, uh, the athleticism, um, he's a little stiff at times in his movements when you watch the tape, and, and you'd like him to be a little bit more explosive. And I, I think the reality is that when you talk to NFL teams about him, they love the body type and they love the player, but he may be there when the Browns eventually get on that clock with pick 74. He might be there pick 98. He might be there pick one 111 in the fourth round. I, I think I've heard mostly early day three um, because of the stiffness at times, but um if you told me he went in the third round, I, I would certainly believe that all day long. Paris Johnson Jr., 36-inch arms. Like, his arm length is the same as Dewan Jones, and obviously he weighs 70-ish pounds, depending on the day, less than Dewan. And you have the position flexibility. Played right guard in 2000, uh, 2021. Last year played left tackle. Athleticism out of this world. Had a great pro day. Did the workout. I know some teams were unhappy that Dewan didn't work out at the pro day, but that was his choice, and that's fine. Uh, but Paris worked out, and he did himself favors by working out because uh, you were able to see him move in person. You were able to see the athleticism in person doing, going through the offensive line drills, and that showed up on tape. Uh, there's stuff that needs to be refined, but you can say about every player at every position coming into the draft. Uh, but there are teams that like him a lot. There are teams that like him in the top 10, or a lot, uh, top 10 a lot, and there are teams that are considering trading up to go get Paris Johnson Jr. probably inside the top 10. And Jackson Smith and Jigba, it's one of those cases where, uh, what have you done for for me lately? You forget about him because he only played in three games, only had five catches because of the hamstring. But where we at the Super Bowl, we talked to Garrett Wilson and, and CJ Stroud, Stroud separately, and both of them said, without provocation, that 
Jackson Smith and Jigba was the best wide receiver on that team in 2021. He led the team in receiving. He led the team in receiving yards. And, and that group includes, as I mentioned, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, both first-round picks. Marvin Harrison Jr., he's going to be a first-round pick. He might be a top-five pick. And, and, of course, C.J. Stroud. So that gets your attention. And the short shuttle three-cone that Jackson did at the Combine was the best of anyone there. Over the the pro day circuit, uh, there have been over a thousand kids that work out of these pro days at every single position all across the country. Jackson ranked second, I think, in the three cone and short shuttle, and that's a great indication of short area quickness and ability to to change directions and 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 those sorts of things. He ran a four or five at the pro day. It looked fast in person. Every team I talked to said that's fast enough. So he is going to be in the conversation for wide receiver one. I heard primarily it's him and Zay Flowers, interestingly, out of Boston College. You haven't heard a lot about Zay, but teams love Zay as well. So Jackson didn't didn't work out. <clears throat> Excuse me, didn't play much of the season because of the injury. But I think a lot like Jamar Chase is not going to matter. We've seen him work out. We know what he can do. We saw his tape in 2021. And just like the year before with Jamar when he didn't play the last year because of a COVID opt-out, turns out it didn't matter. He's a good football player. And, and I think that's going to be the case with Jackson. He's going to come in and have the same sort of productivity that we saw from his teammates, Garrett Wilson and Crystal Lave when they came into the league last year. Talking with Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports NFL and NFL Draft Analyst. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Wilson CBS. Is the best position in this draft also the deepest position? And, and if so, what would that position be in your opinion? I think cornerback is pretty deep. Uh, I think that's a great place to start. Tight end is deep, uh, which is kind of weird to say because you don't say that very often. Um, edge rusher has some guys that you can get on day three. They're going to contribute right away. Now, defensive line, linebacker, wide receiver, as you mentioned, those, those positions are not deep. But in terms of cornerback, and and the Browns could be in the market for a cornerback for sure. Christian Gonzalez, these guys are going to be, you know, they'll be uh, they'll be at, at their new sites giving their press conferences and then by, looking for homes by the time the the Browns get on the clock, so uh, they don't have to worry about these players. But Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, Deontay Banks, Joey Porter Jr., those guys will be gone in the first round. There's buzz that Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State could be a first-round pick, and he's interesting because he's six feet, but he weighs 166, and that might give Browns fans flashbacks to Greedy Williams. But this guy is an absolute ball hawk. I think he had 13 career interceptions, six pick sixes, and he is probably um, – not even probably. He, he's the the best ball hawk in this class. And, and another player that's getting some first round buzz is Julius Brents, Juju Brents out of Kansas State. He's six two and a half. Um, ran a four five three. But again, like Jackson Smith and Jigba, the short shuttle and the three cone were off the charts. And just talks about that short area quickness. If we're talking about the the when the Browns are on the clock, some guys that that maybe will, will be there. Garrett Williams out of Syracuse towards ACL uh, during the season. He's a tough player um, against the run, can play in coverage. He's undersized in terms of his height weight, but he plays much bigger than that. I think he's 5'10", 5'11", like 185, 190. Corey Trice is a huge cornerback out of Purdue, ran in the 4'4s. He also tested off the charts. Um, let's see, let me give you one more name here. How about, let's go with let's go with Eli Ricks. LSU transfer went to Alabama, long kid, ran, I was at the Alabama Pro Day, and he's fluid. His movements are fluid. Uh, there's some can he be coached up concerns, but uh, in terms of immaturity, not a bad kid, but just the, that sort of thing. That said, if you can put up with Nick Saban for a year, you can probably handle just about anything. Um, he is long, ran four six, maybe four five eight. He plays faster than that. Didn't start at Alabama last year, but when he got on the field and got his opportunity, he took advantage of it. And he could be there in the fourth round. 
um, even though at times he's played like a, a day two talent for sure. All right, so we talked about wide receiver edge. I know defensive line and linebacker that aren't as deep as in years past. What about the running back room, especially uh, the running back position, maybe on day three? You know, I've read some stuff. I I know that you've talked about it a little bit as well. I feel like the Browns could be in a a spot there to go get another guy, uh, especially if if they don't bring back Kareem Hunt right now, Nick Chubb and, and Jerome Ford, a guy that they picked up last year from Cincinnati. Um, but I feel like there there could be a need there at running back maybe on day three. What do you think about that running back position? It's deep, and, and that's that's another place where – so the conversation starts with B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs, right? But the issue is you can draft those guys in the first round or the first 40 picks, but it's – are you going to get the same – are you overpaying for productivity, right? Because Damian Pierce, I think was a fourth-round pick last year, went to day three, went to Houston and just balled out. And – that's the the math you're doing. And that's actually good news for um for the Browns. And it's funny that the Saquon Barkley draft when he went second overall, I think, Nick Chubb goes in the 30s. And you could argue Nick Chubb has been more effective and probably pretty easily because Saquon missed time with with the ACL injury. And Chubb's getting paid now as he should, but you had him on that rookie deal where you were saving a little money in the front end. But either way, so there are gonna be a lot of guys that are gonna be available. A guy that I absolutely love. I don't know if he's going to be there early uh, or that that late third round pick or the seventy fourth pick is Roshan Johnson out of Texas. He might be there. Like I like him a little more than some some other people do. And Roshan was the backup to Bijan in Texas. He's bigger. Um, he's probably a little stronger. He's not as fast, not surprisingly, but he has low mileage. He's a one cut and go run over guy type running back. He gives you an added element in the special teams, both in coverage and return. And and he can block all day long. So he checks every box and he's a great kid. Uh, we got a chance to speak with him as well at the combine. I love Roshan Johnson. I love him like second round, love him, but he may be there in the third and that could be a target completely different player. Maybe there at 74 because of his size is De- De- Devin Achain, the, the super sprinter speed uh, running back out of Texas A&M. He's only 188, but he runs between the tackles like he's 250. And um, <laughs> I was talking to him at the combine because he legit ran a 10.1800, which is, I've been told, extremely fast. Um, I said, have you ever, over the course of your 20-something years on earth, everyone, everyone ever run, run, ran you down? He goes, I have no idea what it feels like to be caught from behind. In my life, no one has ever caught me. So that's the type of speed we're dealing with. And you see it on tape. Like, he runs between the tackles, and he outruns everyone to the end zone. He can take it around the edge and outrun everyone to the end zone. So, you know, pick your poison sort of situation. Uh, another guy that I'll mention that I like that could be early day three, maybe late day two, Evan Hull out of Northwestern. He's more of a James Conner type back, not to to, to invoke the Steelers here, but he gives you uh, – he's sort of a workhorse back. He's faster than he looks. He did everything in that Northwestern offense because that Northwestern offense stunk. He would run the wildcat at times, and, and he can make plays in the passing game as well. So he gives you that added versatility, and he is tough. He is He takes hit after hit. He's hard to bring down. And I love the way he played in the season. Went to the Senior Bowl, had a really good Senior Bowl there as well. But that could be a, a target with that uh, 111 pick if running back is the, the position they decide to target there. Uh, I don't think he goes day two, but but maybe he does if a team really likes him. All right, final one. Ryan Wilson, we appreciate the time here. Uh, CBS Sports NFL Draft and NFL Analyst. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Wilson CBS. Lamar Jackson situation, the Aaron Rodgers trade to the Jets, that we're still kind of waiting for. 
do, do those things come to fruition before draft night? You know, do we, do we, I don't know if we're going to have an answer on Lamar. I feel like that's going to play itself out here over time. Uh, but the Aaron Rodgers trade uh, to the Jets, I, I'm assuming if you're the Jets, you want those picks this year, but maybe you want to wait a year. I, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens there and, and how that dictates uh, what could happen on night one of the draft. No, Jason, that's the thing. And I, I didn't get the Aaron Rodgers thing from from the jump. I, I am not a Jimmy Garoppolo fan by any stretch but I thought he made more sense in New York and that it wouldn't cost as much. He's going to be the bridge quarterback, which he's going to be the bridge quarterback anyway, probably in Vegas at some point. And he would fit into that locker room. Now I know that the 49ers had had enough of, uh, of what was going on there, but it didn't, we didn't hear about it in the media. It wasn't really a thing. And, you know, you saw him laughing on the sidelines once Aaron Rodgers feels like if he doesn't want to put his heart and soul into it, he ain't going to put his heart and soul into it. And that's the concern because he's in his late 30s. He can retire at any moment. You're going to give up a ton to get this guy. And then maybe he decides to hang it up at the end of the season and where you're at. Where are you? And my, my concern also is that that defense is so good. You don't need Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers in the prime. You can sort of win with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is an upgrade over Mike White. Mike White did some pretty good things last year when he wasn't hurt. But anyway, that, that ain't going to happen. So they're basically locked into Aaron Rodgers. I don't know when it's going to happen. You would imagine that um, the Packers – would like to have some compensation before the draft, but the Packers may be in a situation where like, you know what, let's just get rid of this dude and whatever happens happens. And, and we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Lamar feels a little more likely to, to happen. Right. It just feels like I wish Lamar had an agent. So the agent can handle everything for him, but that's not the world we live in. But I, I feel like Lamar is just taking his time and, and maybe, maybe making a statement. I don't know, but it feels like that situation is much more, it's much closer to being resolved than certainly what's going on with, with New York and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I don't know that. And that's bad news for the rest of the AFC North. It's great news for the Ravens. But again, sort of tying this together, if I'm the Jets, I'm just going after Lamar. I'm willing to pay the, the two first-round picks. You're going to have to pay him a, a boatload of money, but you're going to have to pay Aaron Rodgers as well, even if it's over a shorter-term deal. So we'll see how these play out. It does feel like Aaron, uh, the Ravens and Lamar will, will sort something out certainly sooner and probably on, on better terms than what the Packers and, and Aaron Rodgers end up doing. But uh, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers and, and the Jets and the Packers, what that holdup is. Although I, th I think Joe Douglas said recently that he's going to be a Jet. It's just a matter of when. And, uh, you know, at this point, who who knows? Thanks to Ryan Wilson from CBS Sports, NFL draft analyst. Be sure for the rest of that interview and all interviews here leading up to draft week, browns.com or youtube.com slash browns, uh, and that'll get you all the videos for that. Thanks to Nick Paulus for all of his help. Thanks to Bo Bishop. Thanks to Ryan Wilson. Thanks to the great Nick Shook. I'm Jason Gibbs. The next level is next on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.